Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to this episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today, I guess I'm kind of excited because this is actually somebody that I know relatively well, as best you can through social media and how amazing that social media strategist is at the forefront of what this lady does. Her name is Rachel Pedersen, and she is a TikTok expert and social media strategist. Amongst many other things, you're a devout wife and also a mother to some amazing children. How are you, Rachel? Mark, I'm so happy to be here. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. You know, and uh, we go through the seasons, though. There's a great quote that says, sometimes you're the pigeon, sometimes you're the statue. I love that. That's so good. And it's so true, especially in hindsight. Yeah, it is. It is. I know that we have uh, some precious time with you, so I never like to dawdle. I like to dive straight in. I do sometimes like to kind of take a little bit of time just to focus on the individual before I kind of really want to get as much wisdom out of you as possible. Now, I know that you love board games, video games. You, you love all sorts of fun around games. So I, I just wanted to ask, Rachel, out of all the crazy games that you play, what's the one at the moment that's really, I don't know, just really just exciting you and, and you get a lot of enjoyment out of it? Oh, this is going to be a fun answer. So I'll share my tried and true. Uh, I always loved the game Risk. Mm-hmm. I have since I was a little kid. For whatever reason, it was like a super bonding experience with my dad. So he would always let me play with his friends because I was actually really good at a young age at Risk, which makes no sense. But I love the board game Risk. But my favorite game right now is this game where, so we have a ping pong table in our basement <laughs> and we'll have, you know, a bunch of friends over, not as much recently, but uh, we'll have a bunch of friends over and we all make a circle around the ping pong table and we set down the paddles. And basically you're running clockwise around the table in this big circle. And each time you get to the end of the table, you have to hit the ping pong. So it bounces to the other side and everyone's rotating. So it's like, it's like (laughs) speed ping pong. Wow. And it's wildly fun. And then you have to, once you have speed, you, every time you miss the ball, you get a letter. Once you have speed, you're out and it's finally down to two people and they have to run around the table or else we do the ones where they turn. It's like wild and people are crying, laughing. It's insane. I think I have played that. It's so fun. It is fun. (laughs) It is fun. Yes. And it's great that you've got so many people you can do it with as well, which is always, I think the highlight of any game is bringing people together, isn't it? Absolutely. We're big into game nights. So we love to have family and or friends, depending on the season, Um, having tons of people over and just sitting in our basement playing video games or playing board games or card games. Like it's so great. (laughs) Now I know you've got a motto called if it, if it isn't, if we're not having fun, we aren't doing it right. Where, Where does that kind of like come from? Oh my gosh. You're like bringing up so many great things. Um, in case people can't tell, Mark and I have been buddies for years, like six, seven, longer than almost anyone in this space, uh, at least for me. Mm. Um, 
So what's wild is there are so many times, and I think we all experience this. I'm sure you've experienced this. I think every person listening can, can uh, relate to this. There's so many times where business can feel heavy and stressful and exhausting. And if I'm being honest, it's very easy to let all of business go that way. And I really enjoy adventure and games and trying things and experimenting and failing. And so for me, it's this uh, kind of constant reminder, like we can have fun while we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And while things can be at times a little bit stressful, you can almost like change it a little bit. I really like, um, have you ever done an escape room, Mark? I have. I did Alcatraz. Oh my gosh. I need to try that one. (laughs) It's so good. That one. Oh, I got to try that. I love escape rooms and they're so fun, but they can also be very stressful because you're timed and all of that. And so sometimes I like to look at like my work day and say, logically, none of this makes sense how all of this is going to get done. I don't understand how any of this is going to fit. But if I think of it as like an escape room game, Mm -hmm. we can have a little bit of fun throughout the process, kind of timing ourselves and seeing how fast we can get things done. So I like to always like reevaluate and say, let's have some fun while we're doing it. Let's laugh about how big the pressure load is right now or whatever. And it just helps things to feel manageable. It does, because I think, you know, when you stress out your mind, you make mistakes, uh, you you often say things you don't actually mean, you, you, you're you confused, uh, you know, and I always feel like laughter is almost like, it just gets rid of the cobwebs out of your soul, if you like. I agree with that a thousand percent. Mm. I really like being around people who can, who who can choose to laugh when things are wildly stressful or broken or things aren't going right because goodness gracious knows it happens in every single business it does now i know social media strategist is at one of the forefronts of of what you do rachel Mm -hmm. um it's always interesting for me when i'm interviewing someone because obviously i want to pull out of them but i also want to be mindful of the fact that i'm sure there's lots of questions around social media that people ask you all the time there's a part of me that feels like i want to ask those but maybe in a in a slightly different way and then draw out a little bit more but for you what does social media mean Ooh, social media basically means a place where we can to an extent share our mind our beliefs our interests and we can truly connect with people over a platform that we wouldn't normally be able to connect with people around. Um, I was actually just talking about this today on a live and talking about how if we were in a time where social media didn't exist, there would be so many of us living very similar lives and having absolutely no idea that there was someone else living a similar life across the world. Um, And I love that it gives us the ability to learn very quickly. Oftentimes Uh, it gives us the ability to connect with others. It gives us the ability to build brands in ways that haven't been accessible before. I mean, goodness gracious knows people couldn't afford traditional media. And so social media kind of became a little bit of a game changer for businesses. So it's, it's all of the above. Yeah. It's interesting. Social media has, I've always said, if you, if you use it well, it'll be uh, of service to you. If not, you'll be its slave, you know, because it's, it's one of those where, in business, I think it's critical. Uh, I have one friend called James, and he he doesn't work in the world of entrepreneurship, uh, and he's not on social media. And sometimes I kind of 
not that I'm, I wouldn't necessarily, Envy's probably too strong, but I love the fact he doesn't have to post. You know, how do we not lose, like, our love for social media? Okay, so this is really interesting, but a lot of times we see burnout and creator burnout, business owner burnout. And I think that what that really boils down to is us forgetting that we're in charge of how and when and how often we participate. Like, I literally think we forget it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, We become so locked into these, I have to do this, that we completely lose our love for what we're doing. Um, And a lot of times people will like create every single day and then hit this point where they're like, I'm so burnt out. And then they announce this departure and then they disappear for a month, but then they never quite get their love back again. I actually just like to disappear for a day, two days a week, whenever needed. So I do that from time to time and people don't really notice because I don't announce it every single time. I just disappear. And when I reemerge, no one really noticed I was gone. And I'll sometimes people do, but most (laughs) of the time people don't. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Or, you know, the last day before I go, I'll schedule just enough content so that people don't really notice that I'm gone for a couple of days. In fact, recently I went on, um, every August we have a family trip all together, uh, so that I can connect with my nieces and nephews. It's a built-in time. There's 14 nieces or 14 kids under the age of 10 and 10 adults. And, we got to spend almost a week together and I had planned out just enough content so that no one noticed I was gone until I was back. And then when I started sharing pictures, people were like, Oh, you're on a family vacation right now. I'm like, actually I was gone all last week and no one (laughs) noticed. And it was kind of cool. Do you know what I mean? Not being dishonest. Everything was worded appropriately, but it was kind of nice to realize, wow, people don't really notice if I'm gone. And that's actually a a good thing. As much as it sounds depressing, it's actually a good thing. You can use that time to recoup without anyone even realizing. I don't know why, but it, for some reason, the game battleship was coming to mind, you know, Mm -hmm. when you try and decide where that ship or, or oil rig or whatever boat is, and and you give the coordinates and then they'll say hit or or miss. It's almost like we could create the Rachel uh, Pedersen, um, battleship game where people can guess where you where you are and, and see whether you can avoid all the <laughs> all the yep. little uh, two-day uh, breaks that you have now I think yeah. I know the answer to this one but uh, I've got to ask it what is uh, your favorite social media platform at the moment and why? Mm. oh this is a good one because it changes sometimes Ooh. it's kind of like asking who your favorite kid is yes they're in different seasons let's be honest there are okay. some kids that you appreciate more in different seasons. Um, I most of the time love TikTok more than others, but right now YouTube is, I'm having this amazing love affair with YouTube. Mm. I love it. It's consistent. It's long-term completely the opposite of like TikTok. TikTok is like wild and energetic and intense. And I kind of am loving the calming effect of YouTube right now. So YouTube and TikTok is those two are kind of like my two faves right now. It's interesting actually, isn't it? Because TikTok's yeah. like kind of like shot in the arm and then YouTube is is there like a library. Yes, absolutely. So I love both for different reasons. Um, sometimes I wish that YouTube had the same kind of like bursts of energy, just like TikTok did, but mm. then it wouldn't be YouTube. So I'm grateful that 
YouTube exists. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Last question on social media. Then I want to go more into content a little. Do you feel like we need to be on all social media platforms? Only if you want to drive yourself crazy. <laughs> it's so <laughs> much work. And I don't you probably remember that era where everyone was obsessed with this idea of omnipresence. And people were like preaching it from stages that you have to be active everywhere. Now, I'll be honest, I'm pretty active just about everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't recommend it to almost anyone else. The reason I do it is because it's my, it's my zone. It's my expertise. It's what people hire me for. I test things. I try things. It would be like if LeBron James were to say, you need to be in the gym two to five hours a day. For most of us, it's that it just doesn't fit, but that's his zone. That's his expertise. It's what he's paid for. It's his livelihood. Um, to be in that great shape. And so I recommend that most people actually pick one or two platforms that they really love and enjoy. And if you're doing one to two, well, maybe expanding to two to three, but not much more than that, because Mm. it becomes exponentially harder, the more platforms you're trying to keep track of. Yeah, that's good. I just wanted to ask. Yeah. (laughs) Now this, this is a big challenge because I've always thought, for example, you could create the best piece of content that there is, but unless people know about it, it really isn't any use, mm. you know? And I think this is the case for every business. If you're a coach, you could be the best coach, but if people don't know you exist, then it's no use. What, what would you say are your top three tips for sharing content? Okay. Number one, this one is, a great equalizer. This is kind of wild. And I shared this the other day, the best content isn't necessarily the content that's seen. And that's kind of a good thing and a frustrating thing, if that makes sense. Um, It's frustrating when you're the one putting your heart and soul into content. So number one, uh, if you attach a great hook, a great beginning, something that pulls people in from the get-go, you can actually bring new life into your content. So I'm a big believer of if you've already put your heart into content that hasn't worked, test out using great hooks because you can reuse that content. Again, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's just that hooks are what make people read to the end, share it, make people pay attention, stops the scroll. So that one's, it's very humbling. If that makes sense. Like I see great content all the time where I'm like, why isn't this viral? But the hook is terrible. And I'm like, it makes me sad that this person's content isn't going to be seen. And once in a while I'll say, Hey, try using this hook at the beginning of this. And then sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. Um, So number one is try a different hook. Number two, it's a big switch, but oftentimes we talk about ourselves in our content and very rarely does that work well. Very rarely does that work well. It's only now starting to work for me because other people know that I care about them, if that makes sense. Um, But most of the time, your content should actually be about the person who's reading it. And when we talk about ourselves, we think like, oh, everyone can see the parallel in my journey. But the truth is most people are asking what's in it for me? Why should I care? So what? Those are really good tests for content, by the way. If a stranger saw this, what would they take from it? And don't assume that most people can bridge your story into their lives, which is kind of a cool revelation. Mm -hmm. So when you kind of start flipping your content, making it about the person who's reading it, 
it's a game changer. Um, and like I said, only just now am I really starting to share a lot more content about my stories, but I've also built a lot of rapport and people say, I know that she cares about me because she's given me actionable steps. Um, and number three, this is a wild one and this is uh, applicable for, uh, every single platform, <laughs> every single platform. <laughs> I was going to say there's certain platforms it's more applicable for, but it's every single one. So sometimes we create content that is about, uh, how we do what we do. And then we attract more people who want to do what we do. And the truth is we need to step back and do an analysis of our dream clients or customers. If I'm a social media manager, and I completely did this, by the way, on accident, this was not on purpose. <laughs> I'd love to say like, this was a genius move. No, it was like a, basically I started creating all my content about becoming a social media manager. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm launching this program. All these business owners are going to join. And it was all social media managers that joined. And I panicked and freaked out and was like, I can't teach my competition. Like, what do I do? And we ended up going with it and making it work. Mm. But a lot of times businesses, like, let's say, for example, I owned a handbag company. If I create content about where I source my materials, how I price my bags, um, how I got into the business of handbags, et cetera, I'm going to attract people who want to create handbags. Instead, if I create the story of the person who saw it and carried it through Greece and it lasted, and then, you know, they got hit by a big wave while they were on the ferry to Santorini. Now I'm going to attract people who want those experiences. So that's number three. Love that. Beautiful. I love those. They're beautiful. I think people have to rewind uh, and listen back to that, but I will capture the, uh, those tips in uh, the article I'll write as well on the back end of this, uh, Rachel. That was really good. Um, what do you believe in terms of content do you feel like the world really needs right now in, in the world of business? Do you think there's some things that obviously Brains Magazine podcast got lots of people writing for the magazine, creating content? What are some of the things that we should be capturing uh, at the moment? Mm, empathy is a big one. Yep. This past year and a half has taken a lot out of people. Um, across the board, uh, you know, I was leading communities, so I wasn't able to have a moment of weakness this past year and a half, if that makes sense. But it showed itself in different ways in my life. And I'm like, wow, where did those terrible habits come from? Okay. Um, but having empathy for people and realizing that the things that we've said in the past, like, just suck it up, just deal with it. If you're not where you want to be, you're the only one to blame. Those types of things can be really, really harsh on the back of a time that challenged people mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, financially, like all of the above. So I'm just going to say empathy is the biggest thing and, and thinking as you write your articles, what frame of mind is my reader in right now? How are they doing? Mm -hmm. It can be an absolute game changer. I love that, Rachel. Yeah, it's a great, that's a really great answer to that one. Really like that. <laughs> what has been your greatest lesson this year? Obviously, for, for many, lots and lots of challenges, lots of shifts, lots of uncertainty. What's been what's been your greatest lesson that you feel that you know I've really learned from this? I would say to just keep going. And the wild part about just keeping on going is not every day feels like a grand slam. There were so many days where 
I was like, oh, I feel so down today and I feel the weight of the world. And I think everyone kind of experienced the weight of the world this past year and a half. And I'd say, oh, I just wish I could fix all the world's problems, but I'm also tired and I've got a lot going on. Okay, I can't fix all the world's problems right now. So I'm just gonna create a couple TikToks. And I might not be able to fix everything, but if I can help someone's content to be seen by helping them find X, Y, and Z. Okay, so it was just, just keep going. One foot in front of the other, one step in front, uh, in front of the next. I really truly believe that there's something powerful about consistency and especially consistency in serving when you're stuck. It's a game changer. Mm. Yeah, he who refreshes others will be refreshed. Oh, so good. So, so good. good. Truth now, to that. Now, as you alluded to, obviously, we we do we do we've never met in person. We've definitely yeah. met in spirit many times, and uh, <laughs> you know, we connect and we've had a couple of calls yeah. over the years. And I would like to know, and this is going to take some introspection on your part here. How much of your success do you believe is down to your likability in comparison to your wisdom? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say the majority of it is from likability versus wisdom, as weird as that sounds. No, it isn't. (laughs) and I don't think the likability is because of the things that people would assume if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um I think it's because I share real life it's in your face real life all the time you know I I share the things that we're all dealing with and my favorite words to hear are I relate to this because that reminds me that I'm being vulnerable um there are a lot of people who are way wiser in business than me. There are people who have been around for twice my life who are way wiser in business than me. And I'm just being honest about that, but we don't always relate to them. And, and it's because sometimes time has us put our guards up and experience has taught us to put our guards up. And I continually remind myself to just lower them. And it's, sometimes it's really hard, Mark. I'll be Mm -hmm. honest about that. There are times where I'll show my morning face with, you know, my, my age spots that are coming in or whatever, or tired red eyes. And I realize that that is what makes me likable, that I'm not trying to pretend like I have it all together. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say most of it, like nine out of 10. <laughs> but I, but I, I think that's, I, it didn't surprise me at all because, mm-hmm. you know, for me, you know, when when there's somebody we come across that we like that's when we build trust and that and trust is obviously at the pinnacle of all relationships whether it's business or or personal and I, I do love the fact that there's no facade with you what you see is what you get on a personal front I absolutely love the way you honor your husband I, for me as a man I absolutely adore when I see a woman honor her man and you do and I just for me that that there that trait there for me is one of the most likable things about you that mm. I just love that. So no surprise, uh, Rachel. I have one last question before I'm going to kind of give you a bit of freedom if there's anything else that you want to share and then obviously let us know where people can interact with you. Um, This one is an interesting question. If Rachel Peterson did not exist, why would the world need to 
invent her? Oh, that's probably the best question I've ever been asked. I'm like itching my neck. I'm uncomfortable. I've never been asked anything like that. If Rachel Peterson didn't exist, the world would need to invent her so that people would have permission to be themselves fully, including in business. Beautiful. Oh, that's that's the hardest question I've ever had to answer. Wow. Do, do you know, I'll be honest. The reason I asked it is because when I shared it with Ivan Misner, the founder of BNI, he was totally stumped. <laughs> and I just thought I've got to keep asking this one because yes. it's so good. And it really makes people chew. And he, he wrote it down actually and said he was going to, he wasn't happy, overly happy with his answer. <laughs> so I think he, he'll come back <laughs> one day and uh, uh, rephrase that one. But yeah, that's a really beautiful um, answer, Rachel. And um, thank you so much uh, for, for your answer. Is and there I anything? Just, yeah, that question, that yeah. question right there could spawn entire existential crisis, crises in a good way, if that makes sense. And the only reason I have any type of answer for it is because I play this game called, this is going to sound so morbid, um, the obituary game. So I imagine, like, if I died, what would my obituary say? What would they say at my eulogy? How would people express their condolences if I died? And I think about that a lot. And if it were not for the obituary game, see, I mean, I make everything fun, everything. Um, I would literally be in an existential crisis like what am I bringing to the world that is a great question please keep asking it okay sorry go ahead <laughs> that is great oh uh, yeah well yeah well we maybe we could create some content around that one yes. Rachel <laughs> I'm gonna do a TikTok on it today yeah like, why not? for sure you go ahead <laughs> is there anything that you wanted to share that you feel like is really on the tip of your tongue or, or in your your psyche right now in terms of what you're doing that you want to share and if not that's fine and then tell us how people can contact you and interact with you there's nothing that really comes to mind except that I'm in a season where re-evaluating everything is very important I've gotten into some business and personal rhythms where I want to step back and look at everything as though I'm not me And I know it sounds super weird and woo-woo and all that, but I want to literally do the 10,000 foot view. Who is Rachel? Is Rachel the person that I imagine? What habits have become accidental? Um, What habits are intentional right now? What habits need to be tweaked as we move into the future? What goals are we not looking at realistically that take time to to build? Um, And how, how, how does Rachel obviously looking at myself, not talking about myself in the third person, um, actually, yes. Talking about myself in the third person, how does Rachel make other people feel? Mm. So I really want to step back and look at all of those things. So that's one of the big things that I'm going into right now. And I think that that's an important step continually throughout life. Yeah. That's exciting. Do you have like a set of questions or is it just no, but I probably should just write down the questions I'm going to ask. Cause that would probably be a really great resource for someone at some point, like, okay, you're stuck in life and uncertain, go through these questions and shape the vision of where you want things to go. You know? Yeah. That would be another good bit of content as well. Wouldn't it? Like what yeah. questions should we be asking ourselves? Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's great. And then how do people find out about you? Ooh, 
I am at the Mrs. Peterson on all social media platforms. Um, by the way, my husband says Peterson, which is really funny. So he pronounces it Peterson. It's his last name, but I pronounce it Peterson. <laughs> So, I thought that. I listened. And I, was, I thought it was Pedersen. I know. It's technically both. I don't care either way at all. Like, as long as you don't call me like Raquel, I'm totally fine with it. But uh, so, yeah, at the Mrs. Peterson on all social media, if you ask my husband, it would be at the Mrs. Peterson on all social media. And rachelpeterson.com has tons of free resources, tons of tutorials, and then also links to all of my social. Oh, I've loved it, Rachel. Thank you for your time and uh, have a great rest of your year. Mark, thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be here and spending time with you, old friend. You're welcome. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.